y'all, and welcome to Benevolence, where kindness matters and all are welcome to the table. I'm your host, Ceci Diaz. And first and foremost, I want to thank each and every one of you for supporting me on this Benevolence podcast. You are tuning into Episode 7, Mary Martha Syndrome. On this episode of Benevolence, I will be expressing something that has been in my heart for a very long time. This particular episode will be shorter than the usual, but I pray that as you listen, you are inspired, empowered, blessed, and encouraged to be the best version of yourself. Now, you're probably asking yourself, what the heck is Mary Martha Syndrome? Well, let me explain it to you. Mary and Martha were sisters who lived in Bethany, and I'm referring to the Bible. They had a brother named Lazarus, and if you are familiar with the Bible, Lazarus is the guy who died and was put in a tomb, and a few days later, Jesus came and rose from the dead. Now, according to John eleven five, 5, um, it expresses that Jesus loved them very much. So Jesus actually had like a friendship or relationship with all three of them. So it was Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. So um, this, this like little message that I have for you guys um, is actually something that I came across when I was reading the book of Luke. And I mean, after I did some research on it, I realized that there's a lot of information on it. Um, when I went on the internet and stuff and I was like, wow, this is like, I'm not like the only one feeling this way. There's also a lot of other bloggers and stuff like that who have mentioned or kind of put a word out there about the Mary Martha syndrome. And as I was reading the book of Luke, I came across this um, just short paragraph. Promise you is so short, but it was so powerful. Um, And I'm going to read it to you. So this story comes from the book of Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. And it says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Now, this is when Jesus was like doing a bunch of miracles. So this was way before um, Jesus had like created that relationship with them, that friendship with Mary, Martha and Lazarus. So this was like the first initial visit. So verse 39 says, she had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. And this is where Jesus replies, Martha, Martha. The Lord answered, you are worried and and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. So like to kind of recap, you know, Jesus came to the village and Martha opened up her home to him. Martha had a sister named Mary. And when Jesus came over, Mary sat at the feet of Jesus and listened to him. Now, Martha, on the other hand, she was distracted by the preparations. So she was like, oh, my goodness, Jesus is coming to my house. I got to clean. I got to do, you know, I got to make food. I got to supply all this stuff. So throughout the preparations, and he's literally in her house, she forgot, like, like the whole reason why he's there, like, I'm sure that she had heard of Jesus before. I'm heard that I'm I'm sure that she had heard that he was doing miracles and signs and wonders and I'm I'm 100% sure that she knew that he was the Messiah 
but she was so distracted by other things that when she when he actually came to her home, she didn't focus on him at all. So Martha, she's at the house and she's doing all these preparations and she goes to Jesus because she's like very upset. And she was very frustrated that Mary wasn't helping her. So Jesus replied, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen better and it will not be taken away from her. And as I was reading this, like the first thing that came to my mind was that one thing that was needed was time. And Mary made time for the visitor. Mary made time for Jesus. She wasn't focused on the preparations. She sat at the feet of the master and listened to what he had to say. And that, my friend, is Mary Martha syndrome. Because the Martha syndrome is that we are completely distracted with our lives. We are distracted by our families and our friends and We're distracted by our worries and our plans and all of this stuff that we forget that like God is in the room. God is in the room and we're not giving him any time of day. And, you know, throughout these last 25 years of being in church, I'm a pastor's kid. And to be honest, after 25 years, I'm 31 now, and I can actually say that I finally realized How much time I gave like to my worries, to my anxiety, to my fears, my thoughts, my tasks, my my schedule, my plans. And I never fully gave God any of my time. You know, in any relationship, quality time is required to get to know any person. And as Christians, many don't think about it this way or we kind of forget that we are in an intimate relationship. God requires not only service. You know, but he he requires intimacy with him. You know, as soon as we invite him into our heart, you know, we're the one that asks him to come into our heart. And it is up to us to, you know, ignite that intimacy with him, you know, to 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 get close to him, to know more of him. You know, he requires more time and there is so much that he wants to reveal to us. And there's so much that he wants to say to us that we are just distracted by the earthly things. You know, we fill our time with other things. We fill our time with social media, the chores, tasks, family, friends, and we leave no time for God. And I can actually like, I'm like the perfect example of that. Like, if you know me, like I'm home, but I'm constantly doing something. I'm cleaning. I'm organizing. I'm literally the Martha. You know, I I get everybody ready. I get the baby stuff ready, you know, for school the next day. I cook, I clean, and it's just like, it's distracting. And I can recall that the whole hours will go by and I'll be dead tired. And I get to the bed and I'm like, oh, I didn't read the word or this. And then I just go to sleep because I'm so tired. And it's just, I completely, completely fall into that Mary syndrome. Um, Not Mary syndrome, Martha syndrome. You know, another thing is that Martha was worried. She was worried about earthly things. And worrying is a sin. And it's a sin because it shows the lack of trust we have in God. Martha was preoccupied about the trivial earthly things while Mary was hungry for the spiritual. So we need to strive, you know, to be Mary. You know, the Martha syndrome is a real threat to everyone. 
and especially those in ministry. As Christians were preoccupied with serving, by attaining that leadership role within the church, by other religious traditions and rituals that we forget to make intimate time with Jesus. You know, I've, throughout my years and years of, you know, uh, serving in the church, I've known people and I have fallen into that category where I feel that serving in the church is sufficient in my relationship with God. Like that's, that's all I need to do, you know, and we serve year after year in a church without knowing the one we are doing it for. And we're so busy working for God that we neglect to spend time with God. And, you know, I'll be honest to say that it it turns, it gets to a point where you burn out. And I remember like two of my friends were having dinner and we were just pouring, you know, sharing like what we we're going through. And it was just an, an amazing dinner. And I remember they mentioned something that they were reading. They were reading this particular book. I don't know what it's called. But I remember them saying that if you are burnt out, it, it just pretty much means that you're spiritually dead. And that's kind of sad. It's kind of sad to go there. You know, many of us want God to work in our lives, but we lack time. We lack it. So don't get it twisted. I'm go back to Mary and Martha, you know. Everybody has always bashed Martha. And we also have to understand that worship comes in many forms. And if you focus on Martha, you know, she didn't follow Mary's actions. But Martha and Mary are totally different people. And Martha's act of worship was based on service, while Mary's act of worship was adoration. So pretty much, you know, it wasn't that Mary was doing the wrong thing. Because that's her gift, serving. But the father, like Jesus Christ, was literally in her house, you know, and she did not follow and lean in and get to know Christ after she had invited him. She was the one that invited him, you know, and she didn't stop and just sit there and, you know, lean in on what he had to say. Now, later on in the book of Luke, we have Mary who's a sister, you know, she's considered the more emotional of the two. Um, some uh, some recapped on her. She's the one that ran to Jesus and wept when her brother Lazarus died, but like who wouldn't run to Jesus and cry? Um, and also she was the devoted woman who came to Jesus before his death and washed his feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. So, you know, Martha, you know, she's always been there. But Mary, you can see that from the very beginning, she was doing a little bit more. And, you know, I'm sure that Martha eventually learned her lesson. And from that point on, you don't hear another word from her. You know, she see, she saw her sister, you know, pouring out expensive perfume on the feet of Jesus. So, you know, from that point, I'm sure that Martha learned her lesson and did everything that she could to give God, you know, time and to give Jesus time and quality time with him and intimacy with him. You know, Mary is the perfect example of adoration and complete intimacy with God. You know, like I said before, I fell within the Martha syndrome not so long ago. You know, I've been a Christian all my life and I was raised in the church. You know, I devoted my life to God at the age of 11 and went right into serving in ministry. You know, I was in the drama, the dance, the ushers, the worship, the youth, the women's ministry. I was in everything. 
But then recently, and this is like in the last two months, my husband and I, we went through some dry seasons. And actually, we've been in a lot of dry seasons. And I'll be honest to say that it's it's been very tough. You know, the beginning of 2019, we were just in a season of uncertainty and we didn't know what God wanted for us. Like, we were just like, God, like we wanted to pretty much give up on everything, you know. Um, we questioned people, we questioned the church, you know, we questioned our faith. And it's not that we stopped believing in Jesus, but our faith, it was like shaken, you know, and we struggled and our peace was taken away from us. And then one day we were enlightened, you know, by a preacher whose message convicted us to make room for God. And let me just tell you that from that day forward, we we realized that we were struggling because we simply weren't giving God any time of day. We were preoccupied with our busy lives. We were getting disappointed by everyone um, around us. We wanted answers to certain requests. And we realized that we struggled because we didn't have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. And this is like knowing we knew that we had to pursue this relationship with Christ. We knew that we had to do our part, but we didn't do it. And I could tell you that we felt so convicted um, that we've been Christ followers for all these years. And we forgot the very essence of what being a Christian is all about. And believe it or not, it's about relationship. You know, we honestly, we had to start it. We had to start all over. After 25 years, the both of us, we repented and we pretty much asked God on a date of a lifetime and like long time, you know, and it's funny saying this, but it's true. But and, you know, I could be honest to say that from that moment on, you know, my husband wakes up at 5 a.m. to have some quality time with God. You know, I take specific time um, of my day to have that one-on-one -on -one time with God. And I'll be honest to say that we are on another level and God has revealed himself to us since then. You know, we have unspeakable peace and that's the only peace that God can give. And one of the reasons why I'm expressing what's in my heart with you today is because I want you to experience the same thing. When we lean and listen to the master, just like Mary did, that is when we when we begin to know more of God and he will begin to reveal himself to us. And I say that every time and I probably repeated this phrase so many times, but the closer we get to God, the more God is like, OK, I'm going to show you I'm going to show you who I am. And it's it's just simply amazing. You know, Luke eleven nine it talks about he's he's at the door and he knocks, you know, and whoever you know, opens the door, he will enter in. And you know, Jesus is that door, man. He's waiting for us to realize that our worries, our concerns, our distractions are in the way and he wants us to knock so he can open that door too of relationship. He's waiting for us to open the door and then like once we open that door, he'll come in. But he, it's it's the free will that God has allowed us, you know, to have. So it's our decision. Um Jesus is waiting for us to ask him to abide in us. He's asking for us to make room for him. And we just have to do it, you know. The book of James, um, chapter 4, verse 8, it says, Come close to God and he will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. And it's true. Where Where is our loyalty? Who are we being loyal to? Are we being loyal to the world? Or are we being loyal to God? You know, our lives are constantly distracted with worldly material things. And God wants us to purify our hearts and lean in on the master. 
And, you know, Christ desired Martha's company, but he let her choose. You know, opportunities come close to spend time with God, but sometimes we miss him. So don't miss him, people. Now, so far I've explained of the Martha syndrome and the level of intimacy that God desires, but what are the dangers of never making time with God? You know, Matthew 7, 22, 23, it says, Many of you will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracle? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. So just think about the day when we're finally set before the Lord. It would be an utmost tragedy if Jesus tells us that we never knew him. You know, the word of God also says in Matthew seven eighteen, it says, A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. This verse is so powerful because, you know, you can serve in church all your life, but if you do not have an intimate relationship with Jesus, you're considered a tree that has bad fruit. Keep in mind that once something is destroyed by fire, it turns to ashes, and from ashes, nothing can produce or relive again. You know, I want to encourage you to evaluate your life. Do you worry too much? Do you have certain prayers that you want answered? Do you have certain dreams or plans you want to accomplish? Do you want to know Jesus? Not just cordially, but really, really know him? Well, God's grace is so overwhelming that it's never too late to get yourself back on track with God. He loves you and he has so much he wants to reveal to you. He wants your attention. He wants your heart. So here are some ways that you can start on this new intimate relationship with Jesus. Um, The first thing would be to silence the noise. And what I mean by that is two things. Either find a spot in your house, a closet, an extra room away from everything and everyone, and make that your spot to seek the face of God. Have like a little prayer closet. And then another thing is to fast. You may even need to fast certain things that distract you. It could be social media, it could be hanging out for a while with friends, things like that you, that distract you or kind of take a lot of your time. You know, you might need to fast. Um, so I would highly encourage you to do that first. The second thing is to start praying. You know, James 4.2, it says, yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And a lot of us, we try to, we kind of go throughout our lives without praying to God. Like I cannot i cannot go without one day without just thanking god for what he's done for me i cannot go one day without just you know just glorifying and magnifying his name i can't do it if i feel if i just miss out on on praying or whatever the case may be i feel so convicted you know i need to talk to god and You know, the Bible says, ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. You know, pray to God. If it's hard to pray, just start by thanking him for all that you have. You know, start small. Eventually, you'll be able to talk to God more easily because he knows your heart. The third thing is the word of God. Joshua 1, 8 says, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. You know, God reveals himself through his word. Just start reading and see what God shares with you.
And the final thing, meditation. And you know, I'm currently reading a book called Discerning the Voice of God by Priscilla Shire, and she recommends meditation. You know, and it's it's a type of meditation that doesn't focus on the mysticism or pagan rituals, you know, because everybody's like, meditate, like, why? But you know, and I'm sorry, but it's true. Like, a lot of people, like, they freak out when they hear the, the word meditation, but what she means is that she's, she focuses on pondering. So scripture encourages us to meditate on God's word, um, to fill our thoughts with him, you know, and it's like how we think of our significant other. Like think about like if you're in a relationship now and you're in love and if you're in a marriage, you know, you remember the puppy love days where you couldn't eat, you couldn't sleep, you know, because you were constantly, constantly thinking about that person. Well, it's the same thing with God. You know, he he wants us to constantly think about his love. He wants us to constantly think about just how great and majestic he is. So when we meditate, we silence the noise and we're literally just reflecting on how excellent God is. So, you know, also... There's just something so special about sitting there and clearing your head from all the distractions and worries and, you know, focusing on the silence of God's presence. And finally, here are some important quotes that I came across in regards to intimacy with God. Phillips Brooks, he says, if God doesn't want something from me, I shouldn't want it either. Spending time with God helps align my desires with God. And the final one is by A.W. Tozer. If a man wants to be used by God, he cannot spend all of his time with people. And that one was like, preach it, brother. Like, that one is so, so good. And this one definitely hits home. You know, on this new journey with God, I've realized that I'm less tired, I'm less weary, less anxious, less distraught. You know, while spending time with God, he has injected me with energy, power, and strength. And faith. Now, you know, I, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen in a month, in a year, you know, but I'm just resting assured that God has it in control regardless of the situation. So that's how great, you know, God has been working in our lives, you know, because we don't even worry anymore. We know God has our back. So I know that if he can do it for me, I know for a fact that he can do it for you. So let's get over this Mars syndrome. Let's draw near to God because he's waiting for us. So that's pretty much it for now. Um, and first and foremost, I just want to encourage you. Um, I just want to ask you guys that, you know, if you've never received Christ into your heart or you've always been curious, you know, you can just pray to him and ask him to come into your life, you know, receive him into your heart, believe that he died on the cross and that he rose again and that he's alive and that he's going to come back one day, you know, and I would highly also recommend that if you are on this walk with Jesus, um, get close to him, man, because I promise you, your life's going to change completely. You know, stop worrying about serving. Stop worrying about, you know, the unnecessary things and tap into God and he will direct your steps. So thank you all for tuning into Benevolence, where kindness matters and all are welcome to the table. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at Benevolence Podcast or at I am Ceci Diaz to know a little bit more about me and Benevolence. 
Benevolence Podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and the Stitcher app. And finally, if there is a topic that you would like for me to discuss in the future, please do not hesitate to email me at benevolencepodcasts at gmail.com with requests, petitions, or comments. I want to hear from you. And stay tuned for next Monday's episode of Benevolence. You don't want to miss it. Bye.